Okay, our last topic in looking at biological influences on human behavior, or uh, uh, biological influences in psychology, um, is the idea of brain plasticity. Um, <clears throat> your textbook starts this section uh, with, the, uh, with the title, Your Environment Changes Your Brain. Well, I hope that's something that, um, that you've realized already throughout, um, uh, throughout this chapter. As if you remember when we were looking at um, uh, some of the parts of the brain toward the back and bottom, uh, that those were more similar in, uh, in people if you compare brains of one person to another. But as we got to the cerebral cortex, there's much more individual difference in the, cere in the cerebral cortex and, and how it's organized and how things are, uh, where things are represented. So that one person's speech center uh, might be a little bit different place than another person's speech center, right? And that's because the environment does affect the way that your brain is structured. The general term for this, uh, again, is uh, plasticity, with the idea that um, the brain is flexible to some extent in the way that it's going to be organized. We see this in a few different things. We see this first off in the way that the brain grows and develops such that um, if a person has a lot of experience with a particular kind of task or movement or skill, I don't know, like learning to play the piano, well, their brain's going to develop a little bit differently, uh, particularly in the cerebral cortex, um, you know, where that stuff is going to be represented there. Um, if, on the other hand, a person um, uh, is growing up and they don't have a particular kind of stimulation, let's say somebody uh, grows up um, uh, unable to hear, uh, the auditory centers of their brain are not going to develop in the same way as the auditory centers of someone who is able to hear. So what's going to happen to those parts of the brain? Are they just going to fall off? Well, no, they're going to be plastic. They're going to essentially take on other kinds of jobs um, <coughs> um, because of the differences in input. So the first part of plasticity, then, is that brain development depends upon input to the brain, right? We'll see that further as we go into... Um, sensation and perception uh, and things like that. Right? The next thing is that um, uh, experience changes our brain on a day-to-day -day basis. We'll see some of this when we look at learning and memory in later chapters. That essentially um, when we learn new things uh, that's gonna make physical changes in our brain uh, where connections between groups of neurons are gonna be strengthened or sometimes weakened or sometimes even pruned away, eliminated, right, in order to make other pathways more efficient. And so there are differences in the connections uh, among individual brains, uh, indivi different individuals' brains. So that your brain actually is changing on a daily basis. Uh, every time you're encountering something new and encoding that as new information, whether it's something you learn or remember or skill or whatever, uh, that's going to change connections in your brain. So that's another aspect of plasticity. One more aspect of plasticity is that um, if you have damage to brain tissue, to some extent other brain tissue can take up the slack uh, to a certain extent. Um, this is what we see sometimes when, um, when people do have damage to the brain, like if they have a stroke or a brain injury or something like that, um, where there is a particular area of the brain that's damaged. If you've ever known somebody who's gone through um, having a stroke, you might have if you visited them in the hospital or saw them shortly after the stroke, they might have had a lot of trouble moving or a lot of trouble speaking or something like that. After a while, those things get somewhat better. They may not be able to um, uh, recover completely, you know, dependent upon 
the type of stroke and where it was and all that sort of stuff, but they can get better in some way. And it's not because those parts of the brain that were damaged come back online so much, it's that other nearby parts of the brain start to take up the slack and are able to um, uh, learn to perform those functions that used to be performed by, you know, a neighboring set of neurons that has been damaged, right? This takes a little while, and that's a lot of what happens in uh, rehabilitation from, uh, from brain injuries or strokes or other things like that. Now, there's a limit, of course, to, um, to how much your brain can change and adapt. Um, and um, so, um, so this is probably the reason why if people have had damage to their brain earlier in life, then they seem to be at higher risk later in life uh, for having hmm, dementias and other kinds of things like that. At least those things seem to come on more quickly and uh, at a younger age. Because uh, if they hadn't had those injuries, then their brain might be able to use some of that plasticity to, in a sense, defend itself um, uh, from, um, uh, from that uh, insult, from that damage. Uh, let's see, um, <clears throat> brain plasticity happens by a few different um, methods. I've already mentioned the idea of strengthening connections between um, uh, between neurons or sets of neurons. We'll talk more about that when we look at learning and memory later on. Uh, it's a process called long-term potentiation. We'll look at that later on. Um, <clears throat> you might be surprised, though, you might have been surprised a moment ago to hear me say that sometimes um, uh, connections are pruned away or um, eliminated uh, and that uh, allows the brain to work better. We'll look at that uh, aspect of it when we look at human development and how brains develop. Uh, that, um, that in a sense, this surprises people sometimes, but, but that by um, eliminating some connections, maybe some redundant connections, maybe some unnecessary connections, that allows uh, information to travel more quickly along the highways of the brain in a sense. Uh, and so um, uh, that pruning process um, can actually make the brain stronger. Um, <clears throat> there is some uh, evidence that um, that brain tissue can regenerate. Um, <clears throat> uh, we used to think that um, that neurons, you don't ever grow new neurons uh, after about six weeks after you're born. Uh, you know, that uh, neurogenesis or the production of new neurons ceased at that time. And, you know, what we had then is what we were going to have for the rest of our life. Um, more recent research has indicated that um, that neurogenesis or the production of new neurons uh, does happen, but um, but it's in fairly limited parts of the brain and in fairly limited numbers. Uh, it's usually usually seems to be it, it's mostly only found in the uh, hippocampus um, and in relatively small numbers as far as uh, overall brain. So the general rule of thumb that you know we don't make a whole lot of new neurons throughout our life still. Uh, holds true. So you want to take care of the uh, neurons that you've got.